Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Sean Wachner. Sean's UW-Whitewater men recently won the ITC bowling title, beating Wichita State three games to two. It is the absolute pleasure for you to have a, to have you on our podcast today. Coming off of a title that I'm sure you will not get used to hearing, 2022 ITC National Champions. It has a pretty good ring to it, I bet, huh? It, it does. Um, thank you both for for inviting me on here today. I greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah, as you said, this is, uh, it, it's pretty cool. It's, it's just hard to fathom that, that we were able to, to win the biggest event in, in all of college bowling. Uh, it is unbelievable. And we, I mean, I've been in, in college bowling for quite a few years now. And, you know, I obviously I competed in, you know, from 2012, to 2016, and I followed it, you know, before that and obviously after and your team has always been competitive you guys have always been you know one of the one of the better teams in in you know the sport alone do you feel that going into prep or anything was or going to the tournament or this year was any different that would have brought on this title or or what could you feel like something happened to lead towards this win uh, honestly it's it really just come down to to having some veteran leadership um, you know, we, we returned six from our varsity roster last year, which we captured our second club national championship last year. So having those guys have success in the postseason, um, I think really helped them lead the program. Donovan Thomas, who was named um, tournament MVP, um, and Quinn Sheehy, both, they were our four or five guys for most of the week, um, bold all the guys bowled phenomenal. Um, but those two with their, their leadership on the lanes, um, I think really helped to, to carry the, the team forward over the hurdle. And can you share with everyone your road to this championship? And, and it, you know, you guys, it, it, it wasn't easy. You guys made it all the way through the bracket. Can you share that with everyone and um, and just talk about going, you know, your mindset going into your matches and ultimately be beginning the bracket. Yeah, so we we started with qualifying on Thursday. Well, even back up to Wednesday, um, we went into the practice session. We had a one hour practice session Wednesday, and one of the things we we did in practice because um, we've done this a couple times throughout the regular season, um, and, and even postseason with sectionals is we, we took our, our, our quad ones, so our big um, big solids, and half of the guys um, surfaced on them. The other half actually polished them. Um, and we did the same thing with what we call our quad twos, or our benchmark solid balls. We had half of the guys put surface on them. Other half kind of shined them up just to see um, what, what, what kind of look that would give us. And because of what we saw in that practice session and what we saw Thursday morning during qualifying, all of our guys, when we went into match play, actually shined up both their, their quad ones and quad twos. 
um, which I think really helped us, um, especially on the fresh, to still have the the big cover, but again have it be able to get get down lane and not hockey stick at the end. Um, so our our first match in in the bracket competition um, was with Mount Mercy, who again I, I think they've got one of the greatest coaching staffs, uh, young coaching staffs with with Sydney Brummett, Andy Dirks um, as the the program coach there, and Colin Smith, who bowled at McKendry. Um, and thankfully, we were able to get through them four to one. Um, they really should have gotten, honestly, that that la- that sixth game, but they they left two splits in in the ninth and tenth to to let us sneak past um, in five. Um, then the the next match. We we bowled with with Scad Savannah, who again were they were the high qualifiers. So that was the prize we got after winning round one, because we got to bowl the number one <laughs> seed in the tournament. And and Katie Thornton and I are are, are good coaching friends. She was just named um, the Gordon Vatican Men's Coach of the Year this year, um, which which is amazing um, award for her to to get. But here we are having to bowl them and. Um, it was one of the hardest fought matches that we, we had. Um, those guys are so good. Um, it came down to game seven, came down to the 10th frame. Um, Quinn was our anchor at that point, stepped up and got the first one in the 10th to, to allow us to, to get a two round by on Friday. So the guys were able to sleep and I was still up at five 30. Um, <laughs> um, cause that's, again, that's my normal routine. So the guys slept in, it was, you know, great for them. We came back for round five Friday afternoon. This is the third or fourth time we've we've won both of our matches on on Thursday night and and been in this round five. And including this year, every single year we lose round five. Um, we face off with Indiana Tech, who I think is one of the the new up and coming it programs. They they bowled four freshmen and a senior all week. Um, those freshmen are so good. Um, it's going to be fun to watch them from afar develop over the next three years. Um, glad I won't be coaching against them anymore. Um, but they beat us four to two in that round. So then we immediately had to turn around and face who we normally face in round five, which is McKendry. Um, we faced them certainly in 2017 and 2018 when we finished third. Um, and, and we were finally able to get past McKendry again, who's kind of been our, our arch nemesis at, at the IETCs. And I think that one was four to two, um, which set us right back up with Indiana Tech again in the semifinal Friday night. Coming into the ITCs, I normally in a normal season would have been elated just making that round. But knowing that for me, this was my last season. Um, really wanted to to make a statement, and again, this team's had a lot of a lot of challenges this season. So for them, I really wanted the opportunity to get them on TV. First first double first match, best of seven, we won four to two. Um, then we come out in the the second best of seven because we were coming out of the contenders bracket. Indiana Tech was undefeated. We 
got off to a, a super quick start and we were up three to zero. They had virtually no ball reaction whatsoever the first three games. And I, I don't even want to say we got complacent or lazy or anything like it. it they just found ball reaction and won the next three games. And so here we are, we were down or we were up three to oh, now we're three to three, and it's one game to make the finals. The one thing I told the guys is that we just, again, need to focus on us and what we're doing, focus on our one shot and control what we control. And, and we were able to, to win that decisive game and, and advance to our first ever TV finals. Well, on top of being a phenomenal coach, you are a great storyteller because just you saying that I'm getting goosebumps, just imagining, you know, <laughs> what that felt like. Um, but again, before we get into kind of what, you know, life after college, again, you know, again, I was four years at, at, at Webinar National, so I definitely got to watch yep. you coach your team up close. And it, again, it was a pleasure every year. And you won multiple Coach of the Year awards, which are obviously well-deserved. So my question to you is, is what led you to to being such a phenomenal leader and coach for this team? Because Coach of the Year and things like that, that doesn't happen by accident. That just doesn't fall on your lap. You know, what, you know, have you had experience with a mentor? Did you take coaching? Or what did you do to become such a phenomenal leader for this program for so many years? So I, I bowled collegiately um, back in the late 90s. I graduated in 2001 um, and, and had the, the pleasure of winning a national championship my senior year. Um, several coaches really stood out to me that that mentored me some unofficially, but some also officially, you know, my coach, Randy Widger, who won three national championships in four years, his first four years of coaching collegiately. Um, Gordon Vatican is someone I've looked up to for years, um, mm-hmm. you know, A, as a player, but then B, when I got into the coaching side, um, you know, again, talking with him, um, Bobby Brown at Pikeville, Billy Murphy at Newman, um, Gary Sparks when he was coaching at Vincennes, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. these, these coaches, we, it's kind of like its own little fraternity where we, a lot of us are there for each other to, to bounce ideas off of, or, you know, scenarios, Hey, how would you handle this situation? Um, we've had the opportunity to work with Dr. Dean before, um, who I know he was on your, your guys' show recently. He is absolutely phenomenal. Um, right. the, the first time I ever sat down and talked with him, because we met before one on one before we he came in with the team, I he told me at that point in time, and I would venture to say it's still probably true that I was the very first coach to ever render him speechless. Okay. Um, one the, the question he'd asked me is is how do you reprimand your team? Like how do you hold them accountable? And at that time, the, what I had told them is I work for the team. We're a club program. I am not an employee of the university. So for me, I, at that time I I was coaching to keep my job. Like I was really doing what the team wanted, which is why we weren't having the success that, that we're having now since that, that very first meeting with Dr. Dean for, for me as a coach, that one moment, that dinner we had in Las Vegas, is what changed my mindset as a coach. And again, Dr. Dean is amazing where anytime I'm in Reno, he, he, we, we get together, he comes out to the stadium or, you know, we, we reach and, and talk us 
once or twice a year, just kind of check in, see how things are going. Um, so I would say those are some of the folks that have have mentored me and who I've looked to. Um, and the other thing is for me, again, I'm, I don't do this for a full-time job. Um, I, I have a, a full career outside of coaching. This is something I have always done for the love of the sport. So for me, it's, it's not a job. So I don't think of it in that sense. For me, coaching these last 15 years has all been about providing an opportunity for the players in the program to, to have an experience and to create and develop those lifetime friendships and memories. And that is certainly, it has happened every year, but even more so this season. So, Sean, as you look back and you mention all the people that have influenced your life and your coaching life, are you starting to give back to to some of the younger coaches as well and, and pass that torch along to um to the young like the the folks that we see that are, are newer into this uh, into the the coaching realm and and then is that or is that part of your next step as um as you, you step away from coaching? I I have because again for me every everything that I've done has always been about giving back. Um and the, earlier this season, Cameron Foster, who who was on your show recently as well. Um, I knew Cameron when he was a competitor at William Penn and, and now he's coaching and right at the end of the season, after the Hoosier, he, he reached out to me and said, Sean, I am struggling like to help this team find success. Can we have a conversation? So we sat down and talked and, um, and, and again, there, they came back and had a phenomenal sectionals, literally won it in games, not won it, but won their spot to advance to ITCs in game 64, which was really cool to watch and see happen. And then they finished third at ITCs. Like Cameron is one of those, those young and up and coming coaches that I truly think is, is going to do great things. Um, and there've been other coaches along the way. I also sit as secretary on the national collegiate bowling coaches association board. So as new coaches join, um, I certainly do everything I can to help them out. Derek Sapp at Culver Stockton is another one. Um, Derek and I were teammates at Western Illinois. So him and I have had a lot of conversations um, this past season because this last year was um, the start of him coaching. And so kind of mentoring him through how to handle player issues or, you know, practice regimens, different things like that, because he's got that same fire and passion to, to want to create something special at Culver Stockton. So moving forward, um, in a, in next week, um, I will be launching what I'm calling the college bowling counselor. And there's going to be multiple facets to that. Um, one piece is to be available to families of like juniors and seniors to help them understand the recruiting process and help them connect to colleges that are good fits for them. Um, Another piece of that is going to be an educational series where, where I sit down and talk, and this is going to be the week leading into junior gold, where I sit down with someone from the NJCAA. The next day will be NAIA, next day club, next day NCAA, and have these, these leaders of these organizations talk about the uniqueness of their recruiting process, of their scholarship structure, and different 
things that make their their entities unique. And then the last part is I really want to get into that mentoring piece with coaches and and other collegiate programs and go in and do some team building, some mental training, um, just based on some of the experiences I've had, some of the different coaching clinics and opportunities that I've gone through and, and just help programs get better. That college bowling is growing so much. Um, teams are getting better. So I want to be able to help those programs that have that desire to get better and get stronger to do that. I, I, that's the follow up. That's absolutely stellar to hear because I mean, you're molding the youth, you're molding the bowlers, you're molding the future of what the PBA is going to look like. You know, in the past, we've had players, you know, on between, you know, we had Brent Boho on, Cameron Crow, and players like that. I mean, they saw a lot of their confidence on how their success through college bowling. And you're truly making it an effort of yours to build, build that, build coaches for those players. And that's, I mean, that's absolutely unbelievable to hear, Sean. And, and I, I wish you all the best. Thank you. And I truly hope that, that that grows and blossoms into, in you, in what you want it to. Um, but again, I will say this college bowling is exciting. It's one of the most exciting things you do in bowling, you know, especially when it comes to team bowling. Give me one moment because obviously, you know, winning a national championship, there's so many ebbs and flows, so much up and down. Give me one moment that sticks out to you the most from that week um, at ICC. Um, I, honestly, I, I would think the one moment that probably stands out the most um, is. And it's a picture that was sent to me um, from another coach that was in the stands watching the finals. And I kind of saw this out of the corner of my eye, but truly, <laughs> like, the TV show is a complete blur, right? So looking at pictures from from different people that have sent pictures, um, obviously watching the TV show, memories have come back a little bit. But one picture that was sent to me was a picture of, of Wichita State after game four, um, in between games four and five, and they're in two straight lines, arms folded, and not looking at each other, not talking to each other. And then the other end of the picture is us huddled up, arms all around each other. And just that that moment that we were together and and fighting for each other. Um, I remember in that moment just telling the guys that we, we've we come so far, let's continue to focus on what we control and, and just make the two best shots that we can and let fate take care of the rest. And that just, again, that last huddle that we had as a team going into the last game for me was one of the most impactful moments of the entire week. Sean, what's your advice for that coach out there who's um he's he's and we like to put people in boxes when it comes to their personalities <laughs> as introverts, extroverts, etc., but but a lot of times there's there's a part of each of us in both of those and depending on the situation. But what's your advice for both those 
types of people that we use as generalizations. If you are a more extroverted coach versus an introverted and vice versa for, um, for the, for their technique. And obviously everyone has to make up their own, you know, everyone has their own coaching style and technique, but, but through your years, what's maybe a few tips you'd have for someone who's in each of those categories. I, I think the two biggest things um, for a coach to be successful and create the buy-in that they need from their student athletes is, is to lead with both passion and integrity. And you don't have to be extroverted to do that. You can be absolutely be introverted and still lead with passion and integrity. Um, or you can be like me in, in the coaching realm. Um, I'm extremely extroverted on the lanes. Um, it's again, kind of that work mantra where when I'm out there, the switch is on and I'm right there with the guys in the heat of the moment. But there are other coaches that are like Rick Steelsmith. Um, he is very calm, cool, collected. Um, you know, Brian and Shannon O'Keefe, they're the same way. Watching them coach, again, extroverted in the essence that they're not down there hooting and hollering with their teams. So no matter which personality you have, um, it, it's truly just about leading with passion and integrity. And if you can do those two things, your team will absolutely buy into you and what you're trying to get them to accomplish. So I, I think those two things are, are probably the most important when it comes to developing yourself as a coach. Sean, you have shared some valuable information. I feel like we've taken a master class here from you uh, today. <laughs> We can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, this is a really cool one. I can't wait to share this with, with everybody. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening as well. But, Sean, we wish you nothing but success in the future. I know you're going to do well. We all know you're going to do well. And, again, there's no other way to go out on top than to go ahead and win that thing with those kids, man. So, again, we thank you so much for joining us. We wish you nothing but the best. And sit back and give yourself a, a few weeks to uh, to enjoy this one. We're extremely proud and happy for you, your team, and your program. Thank you so much. Again, it's, it's been an awesome couple of weeks already, um, so we're, we're looking forward to kind of ride this, this wave as long as we can. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Sean. We'll definitely talk soon. Take care. Yep. Have a good one. Thank you.